Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 16. Here's Pastor Ryan. Be careful. We're told in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21, test all things, hold fast to what is good. In Romans 16, 17 through 18, Paul says, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learn and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve the Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. Mark and avoid. When he says mark, he means to mark. Like, don't pretend you don't see them. And that's going around in the church. Oh, everybody's good. Every church is good as long as you're worshiping. You know, they come up with, no, you have to test all things. Are they adhering to the doctrines of Christ or are they not? I remember going to Pastor Chuck's last conferences, senior pastor conferences at Marietta Bible College. And he was asked, like the last three years of his life, what he thought the Calvary Chapel movement would, or what would happen to the Calvary Chapel movement once he he died and went home to be with the Lord. And he had a confidence that God is sovereign and he'll take care of the movement. We believe that. I agree with that. But before he can even get to answering, he would, he, he began, he would begin to weep. When he was asked about the question, what do you think is going to happen to the Calvary Chapel movement? He would sit there and then just begin to weep. Chuck said, I'm sorry, fellas. I've never been a crier. I was never that guy but he would just weep. I believe it's because he knew that once he was gone, things would not stay the same with the Calvary Chapel movement. The Apostle Paul, in his departure, I believe to the Ephesians, I'm a little fuzzy this morning, in Acts 20, 29, he said, For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. So Paul knew that after his departure, savage wolves would come in not sparing the flock. Pastor Chuck would cry. For those of you who don't know, there was a split with the Calvary Chapel movement. And we're with Calvary Chapel Association. It's the guys that have stayed the course, who believe in the work of the Holy Spirit and honoring the whole counsel of the Word of God. And then the other group is the CGN, the Calvary Global Network. And they're not adhering to this. They may tell you so, but they're not. They're allowing um, women teachers. and Their leader has encouraged Calvary chapels to just summarize the Old Testament, to not read through it to take it easy on the rapture, stop talking about it so much. 
So they went off a different way, but they have kept our name. So I can't just say, yeah, you're going, go to the a Calvary there. Check them out. See if they're Calvary Chapel Association or see if they're global. Why does it make a difference? Some might say, I just gave you scripture. It matters. It matters. It matters. Truth matters. And in these last days, we're called to watch, to be steadfast. So if any Calvary Chapel pastor tells you, oh, we don't get into all that. We just preach Jesus here. That's their way of saying, I'm afraid. And yes, we're global. That's why we have it on our website. You can look, it says CCA. So you know what you're going to get. Just like when you get to In-N-Out, you know what you're going to get. <laughs> you ain't going to get a Whopper. <laughs> These things matter to God. That's why he said, mark them and avoid them through Paul. And, um, but God is good, and there is a so the sovereignty of God that he's going to keep churches solid, to the end, I believe. And so you just got to be careful nowadays. The good news is that there's about 2,000 guys that are Calvary Chapel Association. And it's dwindling on the other side. They're woke. They're all about, you know, all of these uh, social woke stuff. And so we pray that they find their way back. But we're called in these last days to watch and to stand fast in the faith. Be strong. Be brave. Act like a man, as we talked about last week. The Bible says to grow in your maturity. And the only way that we can walk and grow in maturity is through the Word of God. It's through the Word of God. The only way we're going to discern what is right and what is wrong, it's through the Word of God. Only through the Word of God. You want to know what's right and what's wrong. You want to discern. It's through the Word of God. If we want to be foolish, if we want to be blind, if we want to know, what, if we don't want to know where we're going, don't read the Bible. And you'll just go in circles like the Israelites for 40 years in the wilderness. But if you walk with God, you'll, you'll know the way. Verse 14, he says, Let all that you do be done with love. All that you do be done with love. This verse, of course, causes me to fall on my face before God and say, forgive me, Lord, for my lack of love. You know, we all, you know, think that we love good until we don't love good. You know, love is patient. Love is kind. I mean, it begins with that. Love is patient. Oh. Ah, I'm, we're patient with people we like. and But how do we love people we don't even like? Oh, Lord, help us. God says to do all things in with love. And that can only come from the Lord. We don't have that other kind of, do you have that kind of, anybody here have that kind of love? You can just love. It's hard to love. And it drives me to my face in prayer. Lord, help me. Help me to love. 
it begins at home, it begins with my family. The people I love the most can be hard to love. You know? I'm, it's like they say the closer you get to Christ, the more sin you realize you have. And it's like, oh my goodness, if there's anything that I'm asking for, it's probably two things. It's purity and love. Purity and love. Get, Lord, those two. Purity and love. And, and you just got to keep seeking them for it. That's why Paul says, pray without ceasing. That's why the Lord said, pray lest you enter into temptation. It's only through God's power that we can love and forgive and care. I mean, before he went to the cross, he says, this is a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That's like his last dying wish to his disciples was that they would love one another. And so God says it here. Whatever you do, let all that you do be done in love. 1 Corinthians 13 famously says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but I have not love, it profits me nothing. If we're not able to forgive our brothers and sisters, if we're not able to forgive our spouses, our children, or anyone who has something against us, if, if we will not receive their apologies, we lack love. Who are we to not forgive when we've been forgiven so much? Who are we to not love when we've been loved so much? I mean, you really learn whether you love good or not when someone slights you, hurts you, messes with you. How we respond to them shows how we love. I mean, we might as well just pray for the next two hours. Because that's right. Oh, you know, as long as everything goes right my way. The moment I'm slighted, the moment I think there's something up with them and me, it's like it becomes more difficult to love. But through Christ who strengthens us, we can do all things. He's looking for us to love. One of the greatest compliments we get here is that our church has a lot of love. And it's true. It's the most loving church I've ever been to. I am biased, but still... It's not because of me, it's because of the Holy Spirit and all of you guys. It is so loving here. You know, there's a lot of criticisms too, but love is not one of them. There's a lot of love here. He who's forgiven much loves much. Love. Peter tells us in chapter 4 of his first epistle, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the, stewards of the manifold grace of God. You know, when, P, you know, when Peter said, how many ask the Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times. And he thought that seven times in a day is pretty good. And the Lord said seven times 77. And they thought about it for a while and 
The next thing they asked the Lord was, teach us to pray as you do. Because if there's any hope for me forgiving my brother seven times 77, I better learn how to pray. And that's true. We get to test our Christianity by how patient we are with one another. Some people still, you, you say the wrong thing. Or they have a misconception, or they think you said the wrong thing. Oh, I'm taking my ball and I'm leaving. What, what is that? That just tells us that we've spent no time with the Lord that's adequate. Where we can just take our ball and say, I'm leaving. It's like, okay. Where are you going? To the desert. What direction? In a circle. For how long? 40 years. We got to love like he loves. Amen? All right. So we got it. I urge you, brethren, you know the household of Stephanas, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have devoted themselves to the ministry of the saints. I love that. He says to the Corinthian church, you know Stephanas, you know that brother, his household, his family, they're the first fruits of the church in Corinth. That meant four years prior, whenever the Apostle Paul made it there and preached the gospel, Stephanas and his family believed. And it said that they were devoted from that day on to the ministry of the saints of the church. They ministered, they cared, they opened up their house for Paul to be with them. They were the first fruits of that church in Corinth, which is now flourishing, has grown and is being blessed. Paul says, but you know, brother Stephanus, began with his family. I urge you, he says to them, to submit to their authority. Stephanus, it says that he was devoted. The King James, it's awesome. It says that they addicted themselves to the ministry of this. They were addicted to serving the Lord. I love that. They were devoted to serving the Lord. I look back at our history of our church and it's, it's a blessing to see my brothers and sisters who were there in the early days. Man, nobody was coming to our church. Very few. The ones that hung in there with us. Thank God. Something special about that. God is creating new relationships. And if he should tarry, we'll be able to say, well, remember this and remember that. You have dear friends that have known you for a long time. And you know that when you run into them and you haven't seen them in a long time, it's super special because there's a familiarity between you and them. They knew you back in the day. You just embrace them. Oh, there's a love. Paul, within the ministry, that happens. Because the church is a family. The church is a family. I'll, I'll run into people and say, man, remember you were at the, I think of Lorena's family. Darlene. Now I get a name, I'm going to name everybody because then <laughs> you didn't name me. I'm, at, I'm taking my ball. Uh, Lorena. Lorena. Yeah, Lorena, Darlene. 
it's special. It brings me to tears, you know, when I think of you guys that believed. It's, it's a weird thing planting a church. It's a weird thing. It, when people believe in the Lord in you, it means something. And uh, they dealt with poor sermons and poor leadership. <laughs> and they hung in. They believed. Lack of patience and pride and all these dumb things. It's, um, breaks my heart, the family of God. It's so sweet. But he's building new stories. In Zechariah 4.10, it says, For who has despised the day of small things? He's building new relationships. I love you all. I mean, we're all part of the body of Christ. And everyone here has a special place in this church. It says here that they were... Uh, devoted them they had devoted themselves to the ministry of the saints they were addicted to it and he says that, that you should to that we should submit to such uh and to everyone who works and labors with us those who serve those who labor and works that, that there should be a, a common submission a, a common likeness of mind and i and i you know there's room for all of us here and I think that when we serve the Lord, there should be a certain amount of contentment when you start serving. Contentment. I'll, I'll do whatever's needed. This is my gift, but I'd like, this is kind of what I think, this is my, it's okay to say this is my gift, my gift is this or that or the other, I, I think this. But to have the attitude of contentment, but I'll do anything for my king, whatever's needed. Because that's that's biblical. It's biblical. And um, if we all have that attitude, you know, God is blessed and God eventually moves people to their place of expertise or calling or talent that it, it'll, he'll get you there. He will. He's faithful to get you there. But if we look at our Lord's example, he girded himself, got a basin of water, got on his knees, and he began to wash the disciples' feet. What expertise is that? What talent is that? Where in the Bible does it say, I have the gift of feet washing? He just did it because their feet needed washing. It's a contentment that says, it's better to be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to share in the spoils with the wicked. I've been forgiven for so much sin. I'll do anything. I'll clean toilets. I'll clean restrooms. I'll, I'll do parking lot. I'll do anything. Anyways. Does that make sense? Hopefully. I am glad about the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achacus. For what was lacking on your part they supplied. For they refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore, acknowledge such men. And so these three brothers who Paul knew. Paul knew these guys. These brothers in the Lord. And he's basically telling the Corinthian church, like the supplies or whatever he needed, whatever they lacked, they supplied. And they refreshed uh, 
Paul's spirit, which is cool. It's like they were family. Like, you know, these guys knew what would refresh Paul, and they brought it to him. When we get to know each other's personalities, that's what begins to happen on, on, in, uh, on you know, small levels amongst ourselves. You know, it's, we all have different personalities, but we're all part of the body of Christ. The more we fellowship with each other, the more we serve together, we learn how to um, minister to one another in a way that refreshes each other's spirit. Does that make sense? You know, you can't, you, it's like having uh, various children, you know, you can deal with one child this way, but if you say the same thing to this other child, they might flip out. So it's, it's just, what refreshes them? What works? The Holy Spirit's king who can just, you know, help us to minister to people in the right way. Amen? Amen. So they refreshed his soul. And uh, verse 19, the churches of Asia greet you. Aquila and Priscilla greet you heartily in the Lord with the church that is in their house. They're a wonderful couple from the early church. They had a home church in Rome. They were kicked out during the persecution of Caesar towards the Jews. There's anti-Semitism back then. And they went, and here in Ephesus, they have a, a church, and Paul is saying, they say hello to you. They greet you. And it's just more um, exhortation that we ought to be hospitable. We ought to open up our homes to one another, invite one another to come and break bread. All the brethren greet you. Greet one another with a holy kiss to all you fist bumpers. I would, but cooties. I would, but COVID. Ah. I guess that's just me saying that enough is enough for, you know. I used to kiss my homeboys back in the day, mafioso style, on the cheek. So to me, I've always been affectionate, you know. So uh, I've had it like, let the Holy Spirit guide me in that as well. And, you know, I don't kiss the sisters, but brothers, some of you I do kiss. From time to time. But uh, who cares? It says in the Bible, greet one another with a holy kiss. Be affectionate. We're going to be with each other for eternity. Our fellowship doesn't end here. We're literally going to be with each other forever. <laughs> you know? Forever. Mm -hmm. All the brethren greet you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. The salutation, and, and none of you youth better be kissing anybody. Let me just say that. Okay. While I have you here, the Bible says, do not awaken love until it's time. This is a church. So we got to watch all the little hoodlums that Come in. The Lord said to me, you're going to be my wife. That's why we need good parents to help us watch these lambs. You know what I mean? 
Right? That's what a church is. It's a hospital. You know, I, you know, there's going to be hurt people coming in. There's going to be people who, no moms, no dads, no manners, some people, you know. I remember we used to have our midweek study in my home, and, and one of the kids, man, one of the teenagers, man, he, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm from the hood, but you don't even, you don't do that. He put his feet, feet on my wall, his foot, like that, in my living room. You know what I mean? So I walked by him and just, bah! <laughs> I smacked it down. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.